what's going on? My name is Tanya. Welcome to Pandora's Box, The Truth in a Real. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode of my podcast, where it's not about your interpretation, your perception, how you see things, how you want things to be, how you want people to act, how you want people to behave, and how you want people to do things that you want them to do, but yet you're not going to give what other people give you. It's all about seeing situations and things for what they are and looking at people for what and who they truly are and then deciding if you're going to do these situations yourself or you're going to do them with other people because situations are not your problem. It is the people who you have involved. It's just like what relationships or anything with money or anything concerning love or marriage or a job. You didn't lose any of these things or these certain things didn't happen to you, negative or positive, because of the situation. It's all because of who you have involved or if you did it by yourself and you didn't do it correctly. Today, I want to talk about something that's very extremely important, and that is doing research. When you're sitting up here and you're trying to figure out a solution to a problem when it comes to anything concerning you. You. Nobody else. You. So when you're dealing with these situations and somebody comes and you're having a conversation, whether it be an argument, a debate, whether it be gossip, whether it be whatever, you can't just go off of word of mouth. You got to do research on it and make sure that whatever it is, is true. You can't confront somebody and just go off your emotional actions and just flip the fuck out. And you don't know if your accusation and what you're accusing them of is accurate. Because assumptions make an ass out of you, which is why I don't assume. I just decide to take it upon myself and do the research and then me reenacting in my mind that situation and acting it out out loud by actually verbally having the conversation with myself from both sides so that way I'm already prepared based on knowing the person I'm dealing with how I'm going to go across it because I figure if I do it myself and I actually act it out as far as out loud My mind can picture the conversation. Because when you are looking at something, it doesn't mean you process the information. And just because you hear things does not mean it's correct either. It's the whole reason why you go behind somebody and you actually do the research. I even tell your kids sometimes, go back and do research on what your parents told you. When you're 18 years old, it's what you're supposed to do anyway. Up until you're 12 years old, your parents are supposed to give you a blueprint on what's going to be said to you as far as getting you in certain situations, preparing you for how to be an individual and still be in groups when it comes to friends, how to not let certain people influence you, how to pretty much make the correct decisions as far as what you need to do when you're 13. That's when you're on your own. Now, we're still there for you. But this is when we have to prove 
based on sitting back and letting y'all live your lives. Now, don't get me wrong. We still watching and we still paying attention. But we try to give y'all a little bit of freedom to where we trust y'all enough to where you're going to be responsible enough to make the right decisions based on the information we've given you. But the problem is a lot of parents don't understand you're not giving your children all the right information that they need to be better people because you're telling them not to do something, but you're not really breaking down what's going to be said, critical thinking, common sense, and common judgment, sociology, and psychology. Those are the three things that people are going to need to survive, not only in this country, but in the world. Because if you don't know about different cultures of people and how they operate, you're going to be screwed. Because what if you go to a country where you don't speak the language? That's why you have to learn how to speak different languages because you never know. You may get a job out of the country and you may have to go to Iraq or Abu Dhabi or somewhere like that to where you got to speak a different language. And if you don't know how to speak that language, you have a very serious problem and you're not going to be able to communicate and people can do whatever. It's like if I went to Abu Dhabi and I went down there, I know full well, first of all, it's a Muslim country. So I can't show my full body like you can in America. It's an abomination. I might end up in jail or worse off them chasing me up out of there. They will kick you out that country if you expose anything below the neck. Now you can wear, so you have to be fully covered. I don't give a damn if it's hot as shit. You still got to be covered. I always say the best time to go to Abu Dhabi is around fall. So it's not as hot as it would be during spring and summer because you're going to be blazing, blazing hot. So when it comes down to knowledge and understanding and consciousness and all of these things that everybody talk about, I disagree when I look at the Bible as a white person wrote it, I don't look at it that way. Because I know it proved that that's not true. And that's based on watching the biblical channel. A lot of y'all do not watch the biblical channel. Because if you watch the biblical channel, you will find that a lot of things that are in that Bible are actually correct. It's just y'all don't go and really do research. Y'all listen to everybody else. I don't read the Bible because of the scriptures. I read it because of the stories that are in the Bible and how they apply to me. And how, based on that situation, based on the scriptures, reading them then. I read the story first and then I go back and find the scripture that actually applies to me. And then I try to not only interpret it, but understand what it means. And then I apply it. And then it either works or it doesn't. And I will keep going through scriptures until I find out which one works. Just depends. When it comes down to relationships, I have learned based on doing podcasts on my other podcast on Anchor, I've learned that it's about the very beginning planning your marriages from day one. Spiritual than traditional. Spiritual is about you and him. Traditional is about your kids and raising them and building a relationship with them. 
that which your traditional marriage is for. And how your regular relationship with the two of y'all is will determine you having children. I've learned that sex is about procreation up until you cannot have children anymore. Then it's more or less about having fun and enjoying sex. So when I sit here and do podcasts, I don't just sit here and be like these dudes like Nature Boy and all these other people and trying to tell you how to live your lives. That is not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is fill in blanks for you to where things that are missing that you need in order to make a correct decision. Because when you're thinking about it, you're not really looking at it from all sides. You're only looking at it based on what you know, meaning the way you were raised, meaning the color of your skin, meaning what other people have told you. But you've never done your own self-discovery to see if these situations are accurate or whether they're not. So with that being said, it's very important that you understand that research is everything. You can't think because you're 40 years old, you get all the answers because every day things change. It's just like the ozone layer right now. It is slowly being torn apart because of pollution and everything else. And if we don't do stuff to stop what we're doing, it's going to be way more hurricanes, tornadoes, and everything else that's going on. A lot of people say they're African, for example, as far as African-American. But yet, a lot of y'all do not practice the actual culture. You don't know nothing about the religions they practice, the languages they speak. You don't actually go on their holidays. You don't even know who's president over there. Half of y'all ain't never even been to Africa. So with that being said, a lot of people are looking on something to leech on as far as finding an identity. Your identity is the morals and values of what you practice and your beliefs. It means what do you value? What do you believe is worth something? It's the value and worth system. The morals and value system. It's the actual consequence and repercussions is what make you who you are are you someone that is about taking risk meaning in a positive way or in a negative way are you someone that's a leader and can follow at the same time and what that means is you being able to lead but yet listening to other people's ideas and following them as well it's not just you always leading all the time So you might have one person that's better at sewing than another. One person is better at cooking and cleaning or whatever. So you're going to have to follow that person to learn how to do it correctly because it's something you don't know how to do. But yet when it comes to the things you know how to do, this is when you step in and you lead and you say, okay, I know how to do this. So I'm going to step into this and I'm going to do this. Also, another thing that's important too is you give what you get. So whatever you get is what you give, not what you choose to give. So for example, if someone is treating you well, that's how you treat them. You treat that person the way they treat you. That's what evenly yoked means. It means everything in that relationship is 50-50. Both of y'all paying the bills. Both of y'all taking care of the kids. Both of y'all have extra money to do extra things on your own. 
both of y'all making the time and the effort to make that relationship work. It ain't no 80, 20, 60, 30, and 60, 40, 70, 30, that type of thing. It ain't none of that. It's 50, 50 or not at all. Because for those of y'all saying you got the 80, 20 rule, that means that person is doing 80 and your ass is doing 20. So it's not that the other girl is 20%. The other girl is doing the 20% that you should be putting towards your wife or towards your girlfriend or your husband or your boyfriend. It, it took me a while to get to the point where I learned about polygamy. And I've sat here and I've watched this dude, Nature Boy, basically manipulate a group of kids into a polygamous, narcissistic, slavery mentality where he has complete control complete dominance where somebody over there got hiv somebody else over there got herpes and they just having sex and bringing more people over there the problem is these same people that's going over there that's sleeping with this motherfucker are coming back over here and that's why for me i go on there to find out who the fuck is over there and if any of them live here because I'm not trying to catch HIV, STDs. You would think STDs and HIV would be the reason why people would stop fucking around with multiple people unprotected. That ain't stop shit. You would think having babies would stop people from cheating and doing the things they do. Nope, they still do it anyway. Because the reason why is because with men, they can't have children. So they don't get the full consequences and repercussions of having children. Whereas women, we do. We get the consequences and repercussions of having children. We just do, unfortunately. And y'all letting these people take your kids. And me personally, I'd have been my ass down there. And I would have been bringing my, I'd have been dragging my child back to the United States of America, kicking and screaming. Because I'm going to reprogram my child. See, I listen to Nature Boy and I listen to him talk, and he is so full of shit. If you're going to be a motivational speaker, or you're going to be someone that is godly and a pastor or Whatever. It's not about the money. I'm not on my podcast to sit up here and take advantage of people. I ain't trying to make nobody be in no damn cult because that ain't me either. I'm an individual and I'm 44 years old and I want better for this generation. And for me to do that, I have to give them knowledge that they need to basically be better people. Now my podcast that I've done on Anchor. I've done 73 podcasts. And right now I am on the two sides of marriage. Spiritual and traditional. And that's about. Spiritual is the two of y'all. Where from after the 90 days. And y'all decide to be, to get, be together. You actually plan out your actual lives together. And then you start going into it. 
Because now you got a plan. Everything starts with a blueprint. Everything starts with an idea. Even when it comes to relationships. But if you don't know what it is that you want as far as in a person, y'all always say great personality. Great personality is not telling me what type of female that you want. Her being able to cook and clean is not telling me her morals and values. Is she going to be faithful? Does she believe in fidelity? Does she believe in being a team player? Does she believe in those vows and the meanings of those vows? Have y'all both sat down and looked at the Bible in the biblical tense of marriage? Have you, when it comes to relationships, are you going to be willing to keep the outside world out of your relationships? Are you going to be able to not bring society and what they think into how you see the person you with? Or is that more important? You don't want to deal with somebody that plays games, lies, cheats, or whatever. That would absolutely be a waste of time doing. And I just feel like that as a person that has been through so much pain and heartbreak and right now going through the worst of times, I'm still being positive because I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But I know when I get through this craziness, I promise you I'm not going back down that rabbit hole. And for those of y'all who don't know what a rabbit hole is, I'm about to tell you. A rabbit hole is when you go down following behind other people and trying to find out where they're going and what they're doing and trying to do what they do. And you end up going down a path of insanity. This is when you end up in jail, you end up dead somewhere, you end up sick somewhere, you end up losing all your money and you don't get back what you gave. You pretty much think something is wrong with you. This is when you get on drugs and alcohol and all these other things that you end up doing. You want to kill yourself. You have depression. That is what your rabbit holes are. They are Alice in Wonderland is the best way I could put it. You're falling behind that rabbit because he's late. He's late. He's late for a important date. Another thing. Being a king and a queen, that's what you want to strive for. You don't want to strive to be a pauper or a thug or a gangster or whatever. That is temporary. It's not permanent. There is nothing that being a gangster that says you is is permanent. So if you selling drugs or whatever you doing, you need to set aside a certain amount of money and then you quit. And then you can either start your own business or you can go back and get a regular job. It's really up to you. For those of y'all who want to be in the music business and you want to do something in entertainment, you go in there, you do your job, but don't you feed and all the rest of that crap because that's going to mess you up. You got to learn that when you get into the industry, that it's about maintaining what you got. And you got to play the game and know how to play it well. So you have to know when to play it and when to get off and do what you need to do. Someday I want to own my own radio station and I want to actually be the next Oprah. I do want to have my own talk show. I do want to write books, which is something I'm getting ready to do. So I'm getting ready to write three books. The first book is Take My Own Advice and that is Building Your Foundation 
and you figuring out your own advice by telling my story of how I came to where I'm at right now to where what I know now and what stages I had to go through to get there. My second book is for parents about critical thinking, common sense, and common judgment. Writing a book on how to raise your kids to have those three things and how to think. So I'm going to go over, based on age groups, how to teach your children how to have critical thinking, common sense, and common judgment, what not to bring into your children's lives, what to bring into your lives, basically preparing you for parenthood. I'm not going to do the how-to as far as how to change diapers. I'm going to teach you how to teach your kids how to think based on teaching you how to think. The third book is going to be a book about five girls and each one of these girls represent a woman, period. And they're all going down different directions and then I'm going to branch the book off onto a series, a four, five-part series. So you're going to have one girl that is the girl that's a stripper, the one girl that's a gold digger, the one girl that is with an abusive boyfriend, the one that's a big girl and the one that can't get a man, the one that is has the parents that spoil her and never there, and the one that's drug addict, and then the one that's actually very successful. And Mrs. I got all the answers. So all these women are different. I kind of got it in my mind as far as how I'm going to break them down. But all of them represent a woman, period. Not just a black woman, but because I'm black, I'm basing it on that. And all these little girls come from different backgrounds. And they come together and they become friends And where the book is going to start off is they're going to pretty much one of the kids getting married. And um, she wants all of her mother's friends to be there and for them to come together. And the problem is, is that they a lot of them haven't spoken in years because throughout the situation, some things have happened to where they had some issues. So the daughter decides to contact all of the kids and get them together. And they decide they're going to get their parents together and reunite them at a wedding. So they come for a wedding and they reconnect. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Haven't quite exactly, like I said, it's something like that. And then the drama unfolds. And that way you'll get an introduction like waiting to exhale. And then I'm going to branch it off. And I'm going to do when they first met. And then I'm going to do as they, what happened as far as high school, junior high, high school. And from there. And then I'm going to branch them off. And I'm going to do books on all of them. So that's, it's just going to be a series within a series which is pretty cool so those are my three books i didn't just come with this knowledge just to be talking outside of my head it took a lot of reading 
It took a lot of going through things and reevaluating things by being alone. And when you're alone is when you really find your answers is when you're alone. And when you're going through the worst of the worst. And in November of 2017, I went through the worst of the worst. So I'm still without work and everything like that. I do want my podcast to stream. So if you do want it to stream and you do think that what I'm doing is well, then I appreciate if y'all would donate so I can get the stream, so I can get it here heard everywhere. And I never know. Somebody may hear me and they may decide to put me on a radio station. Because I wouldn't mind working with D.L. Higley to be, married, to be honest, him or Steve Harvey or somebody like that. Somebody who I really can do a real debate with and we can ask, talk about issues. I also want to do my own relationship show on the radio where I'm giving people advice and also talking about sex or a sex show after hours would be cool. I wouldn't mind doing that either because I can introduce people to Kama Sutra and the things that I know as far as helping rebuild your relationships. I guess what sets me apart is I'm not trying to tell none of y'all what to do because you can make your own choices and your own decisions. It's not about me telling y'all to do right or wrong or to stay or go, but I'm going to fill in the blanks to where you can make your own decisions and your own choices and then you decide what you want to do. And that's just how I am. I don't think I'm going to give you information like Nature Boy that don't make no damn sense and when you ask me where did I get it from, I'm be able to tell you. It's in the Bible. So most of the things I tell you are in the Bible, the Quran, or different books that I've read over the years, and different experiences to back it up. So I'm not just going to sit up here and say certain things about polygamy and not be able to back it up. And not be able to tell you where I got it from and where I got my information from. Now I am not going to tell you what chapter or whatever, but... The whole point is just telling you where I got it. It's on you to go do the research. And then once you read it yourself, then you'll see where my interpretation and where I got it from based on fact. Because I interpreted it, and but then I also had to go and prove it. So it wasn't like with polygamy, me just saying, oh, okay, this is polygamy, but I got to prove it. So I had to go and look at multiple situations that went on today in the celebrity industry. It made it so easy for me to figure it out. Then my own situations. And then my friends and everybody else. And Maury and Ricky Lake and Montel Williams. And all these old shows. And Oprah Winfrey is what gave me the idea. I also watch Oprah Super Sunday. That's a lot of what times where I get my ideas. Galica's another one. Um... So there are a lot of different places where I'll see something that catches my attention. And I'm like, okay, this is just insane. And I look at it from a different perspective. I don't just look at it as my feelings on it. Because I really ain't got no feelings on it at all. I don't know these people. It's kind of my thoughts on it and what I think about the situation based on actually looking at different blogs and different research. I could talk about celebrities, but hell, everybody else is doing that. I want to talk about your self-esteem, your self-worth, and your self-value, and how valuable that that is. I'm tired of people having depression and being on drugs to try to cope with situations. I figure if I teach people how to cope with their situations, 
They won't get on drugs and use alcohol and all these different things to cope. There is nothing wrong with you. If you get out of what society is telling you is acceptable and be yourself and love your knowledge and how smart you are and do not apologize for being an individual and being different and being a misfit and a mutt and whatever else I could say that people going to say about you, that you're ugly and you're fat and you're whatever, fuck these motherfuckers. If I don't want to match, I'd be damned if I'm going to match. Matter of fact, today, I went to take my dad to get his colonoscopy done. You know how I went? And some jeans and a shirt and a bonnet on my head. And the reason why I've not got my hair done is because every time I drive, I've been going through a situation with driving. So I can't put nothing on my head because it makes me have a headache and it's hard for me to drive. So I don't put anything on my head. That's why I have a bonnet on my head right now until I'm able to drive normally. I just got new glasses and my nerves, for some reason, I have no control over them. And I just got home from the hospital with allergic reaction to medication. So it's like anything that ain't supposed to be in my body, my nerves ain't having that. So if I take medication, if I don't say physically what it is to my mind, so it'll process it, it ain't having it. My nerves will go out of control. So I always have to say out loud what it is I'm doing. So that way my nerves will say, okay, nothing's wrong. Or if I'm in a car, I got to sit there and say, everything is fine. I don't have anxiety because I'm an anxious about nothing. What it is, I have nerve joint and muscle damage. And for some reason, when my glasses got messed up and then something got in my eye, and then they stuck me in my mouth instead of my tooth when it came to going to the doctors to get my teeth pulled out, my wisdom teeth pulled out. It's been a nightmare ever since. So my nerves are all out of control and I don't know why. So I have no control over my nerves. So anytime something don't feel right or I'm doing something, if I don't say what it is and my brain does not process it, and this is why I got the idea, ladies and gentlemen. This is how I'm coming to y'all. is because of that. Nerve damage. Physical. Nerve joint and muscle damage is how I figured out my information. Because when I found out that my nerves were out of control, I'll tell you the story. In January of 2018, I was um, working at a hospital. And... And my body was hurting so bad to the point I could not walk from here to the end of the road. I'd be good walking there, but when I came back, I was having cramps so bad. So one night I was driving, and my eyes, for some reason, out of nowhere, I just had an anxiety attack. For no reason. I could not breathe. I Something didn't feel right to me, and I had to pull over. And from that day on, it kept going on and on and on and on. I went to doctors. Nobody could tell me what was going on, why this was happening to me. 
So finally, I went to the eye doctor and he explained, I talked to an eye doctor and I explained that I had got my my glasses from online. He said, she told me that was your mistake right there. You went and got glasses that weren't your prescription and because they weren't measured, they weren't correct and come to find out they weren't. So I've been riding around with glasses for almost about two years. I paid 400 and something dollars for them glasses. Now, mind you, I got bifocals now, and they were 600 and something for two pair of glasses. So I have one for reading, but yet they're everything, and one for transition, and they're for everything. But my prescriptions are slightly off. So I just kept the old prescription in one and the new prescription in the other. The only problem is, one, the glasses are way too big on my nose and make my nose hurt but anyway it went from that to me having a reaction to seafood a very bad reaction to the point my throat swole i had to be admitted in the hospital in march for four days and they said they have to do an ears nose and throat test because it's not only messing with my breathing through my nose but also my ears and also my throat. So there is something that's clogged somewhere. And they got to do tests on me to find out what's going on with that. That's another thing that was causing the driving. Because in the summertime, if I was to turn the air conditioner and the air was to hit my nose, I couldn't breathe. I'd have to pull over. And my heart would go straight into something's wrong. So even today it was doing that. So I got to go to the doctor and have them check that out. I also, because I'm losing weight, had to establish a difference between my heart rate and spasms. Because I'm now losing weight. So I had to adjust to that. But when I went to the hospital, they also told me that my nerves were out of control. I have no control over my nerves. As long as I'm sitting calm and I'm fine, I'm good. The minute I raise my voice, I have to say that nothing's wrong and keep saying it. Until my brain processes that nothing's wrong to calm down my nerves. My nerves and my brain are not connecting together at the same time for some reason. They don't know why. So when this started happening to me and then me losing my job, it gave me time to really start researching my situation. And as I was doing this, I was researching the brain. And when I was researching the brain, that's when I... Started getting into learning about chakras and the third, the third mind because a dude that I met in March is into that spirituality. But he's a different type of spiritual person. Come to find out he's a evil, he uses spirituality to use people and manipulate people and take advantage of people. That's how he is. So I, I left him alone. He did introduce me to spiritual baths he did introduce me to spiritual candles and everything like that so i did get into it because i was starting to get into those things the crystals and everything but i didn't exactly understand it but i do a little bit better thanks to him but he's a narcissist like nature boy so he's more about using that type of knowledge to his advantage to get people to give him money or do whatever it is that he wants them to do. 
It isn't about doing the right thing. No. It's all about money. Which is sad. You're not supposed to use spirituality as for selfish gain. It's all about motivating and helping others to be better. And making them reach their potential through you helping them to be better. If you help a person to not be depressed, then you've done something. If you help somebody to accept the fact of being a mother and helping them to get what they need to be better for that child, then you've done something. If you've done something to help somebody to where they stop believing in God or whatever and you're bringing them back, then you're doing something. But it doesn't mean you are changing people's perception and interpretation when it comes to what they do. You're just teaching people when they do stuff, don't do something that's going to benefit someone else, but not benefit you. Do whatever you do because it was something that you have to do. So if you do something negative like selling drugs and you do it because you're trying to take care of your family, it's something completely different than you doing it because you smoke. It's completely different. Does it make it right? No, it does not. Because you vote, you might be going to jail. But it's better if you do it by yourself than doing it with everybody else. Because when you do it with everybody else, if one person go down, you're going down like a domino effect. Y'all are all going down. Point blank, period. Because this person is not going to want to do time. And even though they're the reason that y'all are in this particular predicament, that is not going to stop that person from basically snitching and not going to jail. You're going to do the time, but the person that went to jail in the first place ain't going to jail. And that's the sad and unfortunate side of that situation. So whatever decisions you make to me are on you. So for example, if somebody came on here and they needed my advice when it came to relationships or whatever. I'm not going to tell you based on how I feel about it, but it's based on you. It's not about, first of all, I'm going to want to know how you feel about it. And then I'm going to want to know how you think about it. Now you're feeling how you think is different because your emotional actions are your happy, sad, upset, angry, miserable, whatever. But your mental emotions are your loyalty, understanding, acceptance, appreciation, your respect, your unselfishness, your narcissistic, whatever. That all comes from mental. Everything you get around you is based on mental. Whatever it is that you decide that you want or need. And that is the reason you yourself are the only one that can get what you want to need because you're the only person that knows what you want and what you need. The person you with or anybody that's around you is the addition to you. It's not the same as your parents taking care of you because for the simple fact of the matter, your parents gave birth to you. This other person didn't. So they're an addition to you. They're the ones that take over when your parents left off and make sure that you are taken care of and to where you're doing things on your own. To where you're standing on your own two feet. To where if you need anything, you ain't got to ask for it. They're going to make sure you have it. They're not going to sit up here and 
wait for you to ask them for what you need. They're going to give it to you anyway. So as I went through doctor to doctor to doctor, I remember the doctor saying to me when I was admitted in the hospital, he said, and I quote, you really are healthy. The problem is mentally you're not. He said, don't get me wrong. You probably are mentally fine, but you have not tapped into your full potential. You've let everybody else sit here and run all over you because you're in what's called a slave mentality. A slave mentality is when someone programs you into thinking you don't have thoughts that you don't have feelings and that what you want or need doesn't matter. It's all about doing for everybody else. And that came from my parents and the way they treated me when I was a kid. And I grew up thinking that I had to do for everybody else. It was about me making sure that everybody else was on the same level as me when it came down to giving people money to pay bills, cell phones, all different type of shit. You'd be amazed what I did. So all of these things I did because I thought by doing these things that people would like me, not because I'm trying to buy friendship, but by me being there and taking care of people the way I would take care of myself and the way I would want to be treated if I needed to help was what I did. The problem is I wasn't getting back what I gave. And when it came down to going out to dinner and movies, that didn't happen. So when November hit and I lost my job, January hit and I lost another job, that was it. Every time I put applications in, it was like, you're qualified. I think you're a good candidate. But because I'm not in that city, I couldn't get a job. Even though at home, they don't even post that who's hiring in the medical field. So it's like... When you go through something through a temporary agency and you file a complaint because somebody tells you you lost your job because you don't socialize, but yet you come in there every single morning and you actually go to work and do what you're supposed to do and you speak and you have normal conversation, but I just wouldn't tell my business. But not only that, if the job don't thoroughly train you and the manager and the person who's training you doesn't even know how to do your job. That's a problem. How somebody who don't know how to do my job going to be able to train me for two days to do a job where I'm doing billing? That's insane. Another job I had was where a person in customer service was training me how to do front desk and they never did customer service and they never did front desk before. That was insanely crazy. That didn't make no sense to me. So then I get pulled in the office because really I didn't know shit because I really didn't learn nothing about anything I was supposed to know. Get pulled in the office because I made one mistake. And I told her, first of all, I went through the train. You remember, when I came in there on Friday, I had an allergic reaction to seafood because they ate seafood on there and told, I specifically told them not to. And they did it anyway. Go figure. So my point is, when I went through this, at first I cried because for a whole almost year I've been out of work. So it's not like I ain't been putting applications in trying to find a job. So one day I had heard about 
I got this thing on my internet about Anchor. And I said, okay, I've been doing podcast lives on, on Facebook and Instagram and Periscope. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do a podcast and it would even be a success. And so one day I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Fuck it. So I got on there and I did my first podcast about foundation. And at first, a couple people went on there and now it's starting to pick up because now that other companies like that do podcasts like Spotify on here and Cashbox, um, iTunes, Google, Stitchers, Breakers, Radio Plus, different companies like that heard my podcast about self-esteem, self-worth, and self-values. And it's something that not too many people were talking about and about worth and values and about critical thinking, common sense, and common judgment. And I'm not really getting into politics and relationships. I'm doing it in a different manner. And it sounds very unique. Now people are starting to get on it. Then I paid um, Instagram and Facebook to promote it. And now it's starting to build. Now it's just getting it streaming, which is why I want people to donate. So I just decided to go on Cashbox. And I said, well, you know what? I might as well, since I can do podcasts on Cashbox, why not go ahead and do them there too? So the more different podcasts I have, the better off that they are. So hopefully this one will be a success and will stream. And then Patreon, I want to be able to do it on Patreon where I can get people monthly to go on there and subscribe and do it that way. So that way I can be able to go on there as well. But I may have to redo that account because for some reason I can't get to it to actually be able to do anything on it. Then my YouTube channel is my first and last name, which is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A. J-O-N-E-S or J-C-A-R-M-E-A-L 69AOL.com, which is my one of my email addresses. And so I'm thinking about doing that as well in the evenings and doing my YouTube channel about different things concerning what I'm talking about now to reach the masses as well. My goal is to be like Tasha K and Lovely T and have my own YouTube channel where I'm making money since I'm at home, I might as well. But at the same time, making a difference in people's lives. You're not just donating to me and I'm not giving you no information. That's not it either. So also, it's about me filling in the blanks from what Steve Harvey and Derek Jackson, Jeremy Holloway, and people like that. So... When I started doing it, I mean, I'm still trying to get better at it because I don't have a microphone. I do need to get one. But right now, I ain't got the money. So I do do my cell phone, and you may hear the phone ringing. I don't edit my podcast either because I want people to see that I'm authentic, that these are my ideas. These are not something that I just sit here and read. I'm actually doing this off the top of my head. I come up with a topic and I just go because I'm also a poet. So I'm very good at writing poetry and different things like that. So I'm used to just coming off the top of my head and just doing ideas and putting them out there and seeing who can relate to it 
and who can't. So I don't mind if somebody says, well, can I come on your show? I need some advice and I need to know what I can do with the situation. If it's something that I can help you with, something that I can try to help get you through, then of course I'm going to do that. But how I'm going to do it is very simply put, I am going to hear you out and then I'm going to try to interpret interpret based on what you're telling me the other person's perspective based on every which way I can think of it and then walking you through the critical thinking, the common sense and the common judgment of it and then you making a decision based on that. If you're going to stay, then I'm going to give you advice based on that. If you leave, I'm going to give you advice based on whatever you choose to do, not what I'm telling you to do. See, I'm not trying, I can lead you to water, but I want you to drink yourself or decide whether you're going to drink or not. It's not for me to decide. But for me, what I do is I fill in the blanks of the information that you're missing and give you the pros and cons of that situation for you to make a decision. So when you make this decision, it will not be based on me. Because that way, you're not being mad at me for something that may or may not be. And that's why I tell people, do the research first, and then you do whatever. But what I can do is act the situation out with you and present it to you in a bigger space and then go from there. And that's what my YouTube channel is going to be about. Mainly that. People coming on there with issues. I don't care what problem is, kids or whatever. And I'm going to walk you through how to handle that situation based on the information you're giving me. If it's two parties and a couple, no different. I'm going to hear both sides and I'm going to try to relate to the other one, what the other one's trying to say. And then go from there. And then hopefully they'll work it out. If they don't, there's nothing I do about it. But that's what being a mentor and a spiritual person is. A spiritual person is not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're just going to tell you the truth. And the whole purpose of it is, it's not going to be what you like. Because the consequences and repercussions are the truth. Whether you like it or whether you don't, that is what the truth is. So as I was going through this thing with my nerves, it really gave me a chance to really reflect on a lot of things and really listening to people talk about the chakras and dimensions and different things like that. And some reason, sometimes I think that my ideas just come off something automatically. I've also been good at reading people and telling people as a prophet as far as your stories. And I don't even know you. So I have a gift of doing that. I have had that gift since I was a kid of being able to tell people their stories and I don't even know you. But I can tell you your story. I can tell you things about yourself that you didn't even think I knew. That's how good I am with it. But it's not something that I really get into like that unless you ask me. And then I'll tell you what I see when I look at you. Because one dude, I did that and fucked him up. I did not know this man at all. But I knew his story when I met him. Every person that I come across, I know your story before I meet you. So when I have a conversation with you, it's pretty much to confirm what I already know. And then I know how to deal with you. I'm also one that also 
am about if you are going to play a game of chess, I'm going to tell you how to play the game of chess correctly, especially when it comes to life. Because males and females, y'all pieces represent different things and they're not in the same order. So some things I have to rearrange for women to where you're on the same level as a man. So that means basically you're going to have to slow down. And for men, they've got to speed up. So when people tell me that, a lot of times that's what it is. He may not right now be in that place. But depending on where you are, is me telling you what kind of man you're going to be with. Based on your maturity. And it may not be what you want to hear, but it is the truth. So say, for example, I got a businesswoman that's very sophisticated. Then she's going to have to be with a dude that's just as sophisticated and grown as she is. Y'all may not have the same interests, but when it comes to that maturity and when it comes to being committed, that outweighs all of that. It's going to outweigh all of that. So that's how I came up with trying to do research on how to think. Because I had to overcome an anxiety that I have no control over. Sometimes your nerves can basically go on overload because... You done been through so much, and one day your nerves just can't take it no more. So every time something happens, it just goes into being nervous. And even though you may not be, you have to keep telling your brain there is nothing going on. Because prime example, I had to drive from 30, like 15 minutes away from Miles to my dad's house. And when I first got in the car, I got this feeling of that anxiety. When my nerves thought something was wrong. Because I couldn't see further down the street. But it wasn't that. It was just the glasses that I got are bifocals. To where I have to look a certain direction. If I look either way. Then it'll throw me off. So I had to learn how to get in tune with my glasses. To where I say okay. I have two sets of glasses. Both of them do the same thing. One is for daytime. One is for nighttime. So whichever one is the strongest ones are the ones I wear. So with that being said, I have to say in my mind, no one's going to get me from point A to point B. Ain't nobody going to do anything for me. I got to get up. I got to do this myself. I had to keep saying in my mind, not only in my mind, but out loud that it's going to be okay. I had to talk to myself to get through it. And as I did this, I noticed my brain would really listen. And that's what made me realize, oh my God, if you actually say things out loud and put the situation out loud and actually act out the situation, it puts a picture in your mind. So what I would do is when I was in a car, I would say, I got a child. You know, if I let this anxiety get to me, that... I'm going to end up in the hospital. So I don't eat or drink when I'm in the car at all. I just don't. Unless I'm almost to the house. I don't eat or drink because for some reason until I find out what's going on with my nose, ears, and throat, I can't do that. Because if it gets too cold, my nose feels like it cannot breathe. And then I go into anxiety. So it's not like I'm going into anxiety because something traumatic happened in the car. It's because... I'm having problems with breathing.
So I have to just continue to talk, take, calm down, count to 100 back, and count out loud. And just say where I'm going and keep saying it and keep saying it. Reading the signs when I'm driving, things of that nature. And I notice my mind would calm down, which in turn my nerves would calm down. And I made it home. And I said, wow, I would have never thought talking to myself and reassuring myself that it's going to be okay and that it's going to be fine that I made it home. And I drove just fine. I drove my dad to the doctor's office when I was driving him back because at night was when I was having the problems because I would feel the spasms. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm having the spasms. I got to get home. So what am I going to do? I can pull over and sit for a while, but that's not safe. Or I got to overcome it and I got to continue to drive. And even though I got really, really nervous and really, really scared, not really scared as far as me being scared, but my nerves got really, really scared that something was wrong. I turned into the neighborhood to get to the other side to where I need to get to my house. So when I got to Morgan Runton Road, I, instead of me going down the main highway, I take the back roads for now because I feel more comfortable. It's not a lot of traffic. So if anything happens, I can pull over. And what I do is I listen to music. Chris Brown has been very helpful. So I would sing the songs and I would meditate in my mind, picturing my son and saying, my son needs me. My son needs me. You know, I'm, I'm going from here to here because I got to do this. Nobody else is going to help me. And I have to really just keep saying it out loud why I have to get in this car and drive. So once I started doing that, it started working for me. And I'm like, I'm on to something here. So I noticed that when I'm at home and I got something to do and I don't feel like doing it, I sit there and say out loud why I got to do it. I got to get up. I got to clean up. I got to get up. I can't go through this. I need to go to the emergency room. Because that way, by me saying it out loud and I'm saying to myself why I need to go, my mind is like, okay, get up and go to the emergency room. Get up and go do what I need to do. Get up and do this. So now I just say things out loud, especially something far as sleeping at night is another thing. I wasn't getting very much sleep either. So I had to keep telling myself I got to go to sleep. To finally, I found regiments that were drinking hot tea, drinking hot water. And then I found that my digestive system was cleaning out. So my heart rate, if I slept on my neck because of the problems with my throat, ears, and nose, is messing up everything else. So I can't really sleep at night because of the breathing. So tomorrow I got to call and make an appointment. But see, that's what I'm saying. You'd be amazed. How physically things happen to you to where it helps you to realize how important everything is. Your foundation, which is you. So I've learned how to manage my nerve, joint, and muscle damage. And also learn how to think at the same time. So now it's all about keeping things calm and stress free. You ain't bringing that into my life because I ain't got patience for that. Because my nerves can't handle that. I ain't trying to go into having no panic attacks. And I damn sure ain't trying to have no anxiety attacks for no reason. Yelling at you. 
So I don't yell no more. I don't even waste my time getting upset or doing any of those things. So now y'all know where I get my research from and why I do my podcast now. So with that being said, thank you guys for joining me. I hope to talk to y'all again tomorrow and soon. Bye.